on the New Bridge Radio Show. You can also catch us online at newbridgeradio.com. Find us on Facebook under New Bridge Radio Show or follow us on Twitter at New Bridge Radio. Now let's connect you with what's next. Welcome back to the New Bridge Radio Show on WLTKDB Let's Talk. I am your host, Kevin Mackey, and we are connecting you to what's next in your life. And we're here to remind you that you are important to this world and you matter. If you are listening to us, you're definitely one of us, and gosh darn, we're truly glad to have you. Just so you know, you can find us on Facebook Live. Just head on over to facebook.com forward slash WLTKDB. You can find all of your WLTK hosts and shows on Facebook Live now, except for this one. It's just a picture that scrolls by for now. (laughs) If you would like to get in touch with the New Bridge Radio Show, you can email us at thenewbridgeradioshow at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you like about the show and let us know if you'd like to be our guest on the New Bridge Radio Show. There are many of you out there that have a great story to share that have connected to what's next in your life. And tonight, I am excited about tonight's guest because she is a fellow Washingtonian and from the beautiful city of Sammamish. And if you've never heard of Sammamish, Washington, uh, check it out on Facebook, on Google Maps. It's a fantastic city and it's beautiful. Our guest is very special because she chose to be successful from a young age and she chased an ideal path that helped her eventually land a big job in Seattle with a six-figure income and all the perks. She ended up with extra money in the bank and a sense of security in her achievements, However, her success required a large time commitment, as many do, which kept her at odds with her family and with her own health and well-being. Eventually, she hit a very low point and collapsed to the floor on an early morning workday, and having lost all of her strength, she could not pull herself up. She would be housebound for three months trying to figure out what she was afraid of and what she was secretly running from. Her journey back from her darkest hour revealed her own resilience and set her on a new course to help others struggling with their own purpose. Today, she is powered by purpose. Please welcome Susan Palmer Wood to the New Bridge Radio Show. Welcome, Susan. I'm glad to have you. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm always happy to have fellow Washingtonians on the show. <laughs> I know, isn't that fun? And it's a gorgeous day in Seattle, which is uh, far, few and far between. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, it kind of almost, we almost, everyone that lives in this area probably feels really guilty if they don't at least go out in the sun when it comes out. <laughs> uh, like, <Yep. laughs> like, don't you feel that way? You're like, oh, I don't know why I'm yep. working. The sun's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I, I took five minutes before we got on the call and I just, put my feet in the earth and just soaked up some sun before I ran in. So definitely, definitely have that sun guilt if I don't soak it up. <laughs> exactly. I never had it until I moved here. And then I was like, oh, I got to get out there. I got to get out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It makes you appreciate it, doesn't it? That's, sometimes it's the things that we don't have 
uh, that then when we get it, we appreciate it more. So that's, that's how I choose to look at it when we have those back-to-back gray rainy days. Exactly, exactly. But I'll, I never regret living here in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, you kind of uh, uh, had an ideal career at one point in the big city of Seattle. How did you end up in Seattle? I chased a boy <laughs> when I was 20 years old. Um, I had a really um, tough childhood and teenage years. And um, I was with a, a boy who was making bad choices and he wanted to move back home to Seattle. And um, I said, if you go up to Seattle and get yourself cleaned up and be responsible, then I'll follow you. Not thinking he would do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a person of integrity and have such a, uh, a problem with um, not following through or, or not being in integrity that I followed him. And logically, it didn't make any sense because we were terrible for each other. <laughs> now I know that I came up here so that I could meet my... Uh, now ex-husband and have my amazing kids and my grandbaby. But that's what mm-hmm. brought me up here. And I did move back down to California for a stint, um, got uh, hired to move back up here and have stayed. And this is definitely my home. Yeah, so you, that's what brought me you know, it's mm-hmm. interesting, Susan, because it feels like for some of us on a particular path, you come here to see uh, the Seattle area. And you kind of feel the the atmosphere here. And I, I'm not sure if this was the case for you, but did you go back home and you were kind of like, oh, you know what? I really missed Seattle. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was, again, it's that contrast. I went back home and I think we were there for about a year, maybe a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I said, nope. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. came back and I knew this was home. Exactly. So yes, it, it, it's just, yep felt like home yeah it always does and you know it always seems like there's something that will happen that will bring you back here Mm -hmm. because we 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 went back to where we were from from colorado and put our we were you know we were you know kind of doing things for a year and then we decided let's let's leave let's go to seattle and we put our we put our home up for sale and figured it would take a couple months for it to sell and it mm-hmm. ended up selling in eight days. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> right. Oh we were gosh. like, oh my God, we got to get yeah. rid of some stuff. But <laughs> I, I, love, I love your story because I, a lot of us have this great, or maybe not great, but we have this um, idea um, in our head about success mm-hmm. um, and about kind of working in a really... Um, high responsibility job that pays mm-hmm. a lot of money. And we kind of have this idea about, you know, mm-hmm. that that is what success looks like. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. track you found yourself on. Tell, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, <clears throat> I worked in retail and I was a successful retail store manager for quite a while. And then I, once I had my first child, um, the working retail during the holiday season was not fun. And one time I decided this is my last holiday season. And I'm going to teach myself how to use a computer. I'm going to teach myself access and Excel and all the office products. And I'm going to get an office job. 
And I remember going to my first interview. I never took typing in high school. This is really aging myself. I'm going to be 51 this year. Um, and I, I didn't know how to type. I didn't even really, email wasn't big. Computers weren't, you know, that big. And I went in to apply for a job and he had me type something out and it was like sentences, but everything was one big paragraph. And it was so obvious that I had never worked in an office before. And I didn't know what I was doing, that it was good feedback. And, but I was determined. And when I um, decided, you know, that I wanted to get out of retail and I wanted to, you know, work in an office, I, you know, was guided and I got my first contractor job and I ended up getting, um, brought up to Seattle to work at Microsoft because I was passionate. I was a quick learner. I was very, very, very driven. And I had my mindset. I come from workaholic parents. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but I was kind of conditioned as an Enneagram three, which just means achievement. And you get your worthiness from achieving and performing mm-hmm. and being really competitive. Um, that's not who I am. <laughs> um mm-hmm. But that's kind of how I was. So yeah, I followed, other than not going to college, I followed what society said and what my um, family said is what success looks like. And so that is working. I ended up working like 80 hours a week. I traveled all the time. Um, It felt amazing. I totally bought into the culture of, you know, being a workaholic and wearing that as a badge of honor, you know, oh, you slept six hours last night. I only got three hours, you know, and that BS. (laughs) And, uh, um, and the whole time though, that I, I, I kept getting promoted and I kept getting these opportunities and I was, I thought I was thriving. I also had this terrible imposter syndrome and, um, you know, my ex-husband at the time said, you know, what about us? Yeah, you're doing great. And we're making this money. But what about us? And I said, Oh, I just need to get through this product launch. And he goes, you know what, there's always another product launch. Mm-hmm. And I went, Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and so I continued. Um, and, you know, I'm, I feel so fortunate that this job, even though it burned me out, um, it wasn't actually in alignment with who I was and my path and my purpose, it provided for me and my kids. It provided, a, you know, a, um, paid for a nanny. It paid for their um, camps. It paid for their activities and all of these things that once my, it was um, 2015, I, I was going to work with migraines. I was going to work with my shoulders up to my ears. I would go into work and I would close my door and draw the blinds. I, I would cry. I was absolutely miserable and I was exhausted. I was working in my sleep. I had chronic fatigue. Um, I had um, SIBO. I had all of these gut issues. And my natural path said, Susan, your health is a ticking time bomb. You need to stop because you don't want what's next. And I laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had gotten remarried to the love of my life um, by that time. And he also was a workaholic and loved my work ethic. So he didn't understand why I couldn't just say no, why I couldn't just leave at five, why I couldn't, you know, at, at this point, um, I had 75 um, different country managers. So I was, 
you know, up early with mm. Europe and up late with Asia. And it was crazy. And he thought he was so proud of me. And my family was so proud of me. And I'm like, I can't stop. I've got, you know, too much to do and too many people counting on me. There's no way I laughed. Like just thinking of stopping, like taking a break or a vacation was, I just couldn't, I just couldn't see it. Right. And I had such people pleasing tendencies. Again, I was chasing my value and, and um, looking for the next high, looking for the next accolade, um, you know, and that can only get you so far. Exactly. So what happened is, um, you know, it's like you said, you know, it was a satisfying career, but inside it was dying and it looked like I had it all. Um, you know, going to the kids' events and work and volunteering and um, working out and doing all the things, but inside I'm having suicidal ideations. Mm. Just just subtle things that I didn't even know weren't okay. I guess I actually had an inkling, but like I would be driving, go, gosh, you know, if I just turned a little bit this way, I'd be in a head in collision and it would be over. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Um, so really and then my body was failing and so one day i went into the closet to get dressed and i looked at my options and that decision to what to put on my body when i felt so awful was the last straw and i collapsed mm -hmm. from chronic fatigue and adrenal burnout phase three adrenal burnout and I just cried and I was, you know, trying to be a champion and telling myself to get up, get up, get up, get up. We've got stuff to do. And I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And so I literally, after a while of just crying, sobbing, um, and really mourning my life because I was so unhappy and felt so guilty for being unhappy because my life was quote unquote good. I did exactly. all the things I was supposed to do. I had a loving family. I had healthy, happy kids. I had a great husband in the house and the job. And it looked great. I did what society said I should do. What's wrong right. with me? <laughs> you know? Hey, was this the Microsoft campus in Issaquah? Yes. Uh, right. That's one of the places that I worked. But this was actually Red West in Redmond at Microsoft. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you, you know, what, what's interesting is I can understand this having worked uh, for Microsoft myself. Mm. There is something about that atmosphere where you're very driven <laughs> to make yes. Microsoft succeed. Yes. For yes. Reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the good news is that Satya is doing a fantastic job um, in trying to change or working on changing that culture. And how I, I used to look back and say, it was Microsoft, it was Microsoft, it was this culture. And I did work in a, in a tough organization that had really low work health index, which means like how happy and healthy you know, is, mm -hmm. is this particular organization? And it was, it was very low. Um, but I think it was such divine intervention because I don't know that I would have left until I lost mm -hmm. it. Until I lost my health until I was so incapacitated. I, I could not do it anymore. I really don't know how long I would have stayed there if, if I hadn't been, you know, if this crisis hadn't happened because after, after this, season, you know, after I, I, I couldn't really leave the house for three months. Um, and then I had this amazing awakening and mindset shift. I went to work at another startup that mm -hmm. was all about providing or helping companies have help, healthy, happy workforces. And a year and a half after that, I burned out again. 
So if I can burn out in that culture, I think the problem might be me. <laughs> you know, so I can't, I can no longer blame Microsoft. I could just feel gratitude for the experience um, and for what I learned and that it forced me on my path. That, I mean, it's all the path, but it forced me to do, to really look at, you know, um, what I was running from by staying so busy. I, I couldn't sit and meditate. I didn't, I was always busy. I didn't sit idly for anything. So what was I running from and what was driving me? And um, yeah, so that's that story. And then when I go ahead, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. (laughs) You mentioned, you mentioned something earlier, the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people uh, study the Enneagram, but, and I like that you have, you Mm -hmm. know, I came to know your Enneagram type. And interesting, you're a type seven. Yes. And <laughs> actually, that's the same type. That's the same Enneagram type that I am as well. Oh, fun. <clears throat> so I can kind Literally of. Literally fun. <laughs> right, right, <Sorry>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's interesting about that is Enneagram type seven people, um, when they get into all of their stuff, they they become very analytical and very data driven, mm-hmm. and yep. so I kind of understand why you were escalating <laughs> to this yeah. this point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. on that day where you know you were, um, you know, the final day where you collapsed, mm-hmm. found yourself collapsed on the floor. What did your family mm-hmm. think? You know, what's really interesting is I was giving all of my power to everybody else and taking care of everybody else and, and not, I didn't have anything left for me. Mm-hmm. And that, that, so I, I literally crawled down the stairs cause I didn't have this energy. And then my husband was in the kitchen and I said, I can't do this anymore. And I had, he, I had said this many times before, but he, you know, I'd get the pep talks from my coach and my husband and people at work and you know, or a few close confidants. Um, I was still the happiest person. People didn't know that I was suffering, which blows my right. mind. That That's an Enneagram 7 for you. But, right. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, I said, I can't do this anymore. And he said, well, fine, just quit then. And I think it was an offhanded remark that mm-hmm. he probably wasn't serious. And I just said, thank you. And I fell to my knees. And I felt the weight of the world off of my shoulders in that moment. And I went to work um, so clear that I was going to quit. And um, I didn't have a migraine. I, my, my shoulders were up to my ears. I wasn't even worried about the uncertainty of the future. It's not like I had anything else lined up. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, <laughs> and so I, I got to work. And for the first time, I didn't close my door and close my blinds. I was happy, actually. And I started kind of clearing things up and getting things in order. And then I told my manager, and he's like, wow, okay. I said, I have to put my health first. My doctor said, I, I'm a ticking time bomb. And you know, it's it's there. I'm, I really need to, to fix my health. I can't eat anything. I can't digest. I'm not sleeping. I have migraines. I'm in bad shape. And he's like, yeah, you got to take care of your health. I understand. Thank God the new vice president of the organization came in and said, hey, I heard you're leaving. What's going on? And 
And I told him I needed to take care of my health. And he said, well, don't quit. Just take a leave of absence. That way you have your benefits. I mean, I was really blown away by the kindness and support that I was given. And so, because I don't know how I would have put in a notice. Right. You know, like when I, when I leave a job, I leave like a month notice or something, you know, very, you know, to take care of everybody else. And I am so grateful that, that he did that for me. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And the only time I left was to see a psychiatrist. I was seeing a psychiatrist three times a day or three times a week. Um, and, and then just rest. And I would have to like lay down when I would go up the top of my stairs we're gonna have to run away and take a break uh, for advertisement but we will come back and we are going to talk about how you connected to what was next after this yes great we are talking to susan palmer wood we'll be right back after these messages WLTK DB Let's talk Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTK DB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Every atom of your being is resonating with joy and happiness. Welcome back to the New Bridge Radio Show on WLTKDB Let's Talk. I am your host, Kevin Mackey, and we are talking with Susan Palmer Wood. And Susan, right before the break, we were talking about (laughs) you leaving your position and feeling a sense of freedom after that. (laughs) Yes. I, you know, I had a similar situation where I was leaving a job. I had, I, I, I actually, I've only quit one time ever in my whole life, quit a job. Like you, I always feel like I need to leave at least a month before, a month's notice. <laughs> but I actually left a job on the spur of the moment. And I felt so much joy. And, you know, they had called the security guards to come and escort me out of the building (laughs) because I had gone to my manager and said, I quit, I quit. And they're like, why? What happened? Did something go wrong? And I said, yes, something went wrong. I can't stay another minute in this joyless place. (laughs) Wow. What what was interesting, Susan, is I'm being walked out. I've got a box full of my stuff. And I am... (laughs) 
they they leave me at the they open the door for me and sort of let me out and it was kind of like a day like today in washington the sun was shining (laughs) i got in my car and it's no joke i start my car up and the song on the radio was nina simone feeling good oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so cool oh i i love music messages yes yes Mm -hmm. So I relate to you, to you feeling a huge sense of relief, but you, mm-hmm. that was kind of the beginning where you were, you were yeah. really discovering purpose. So after yeah. that, what, what mm-hmm. happened after that? Yeah. So I, in, in uh, going and seeing this required therapist for being on medical leave, mm-hmm. um, she gave me an assignment one time and she said, your only job this weekend is to just be. Mm-hmm. And I was really confused. Not only did I have <laughs> brain fog because I was so burned out, but that concept was so foreign to me. I'm a doer. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? So I said, is there like a worksheet for that? What does that mean? And she laughed. And um, so I had to learn what being was. And so, um, you know, I, I again, my, my, my cognitive functioning was not great, but I was listening on audiobooks. I was list- I was learning everything I could. Like you said, sevens go to five. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, they love consuming information, <laughs> and right, right. Um, and in, yeah, and in the uh, human design, I'm also a profile one, which is a, is a researcher, and so I learned everything I could about burnout, mm-hmm. and also the power of play, um, and really leaned into spirituality. And, um, I had this moment about three months in where my friend asked me to go, um, on this walk with her that ended up being a really long, unexpected hike where it actually caused me to consider another possibility in, in my life. And, um, in that moment where I said, wow, if I can do this. I can do anything. I'm not broken. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that things shifted, even though my situation hadn't changed, my health hadn't changed, my circumstances hadn't changed, what I knew was possible changed. And that was the turning point for me. I, I went to another job where I, I, I thought the culture would be better. I spent more time with my family and getting healthy. Um, I got Zumba certified. I did a tough mutter. I was running races. I was actually eating, taking a lunch, not skipping lunch or eating at my desk. Mm-hmm. And when my son went to college, um, a year and a half later, well, before that, I said, if I'm not happy in this job, I was really excited to take this job, even though I took a 50% pay cut. Um, I wanted to be in this because I had got my health coach certification um, many years before that. And so I thought, yes, helping people be healthy and happy. That's what I want. But if I'm not happy in a year, I'm going to leave. And so a year and a half later, I noticed that I was burning out again. I was working all the time. I was putting all this pressure on me. So my son, um, he struggled in high school. And when he graduated and went to college, I said, this is my time. And I don't know what's next, but it's not this. So I gave my notice without a plan. I trusted myself and I went to Bali for a couple of weeks 
and oh, nice. <laughs> it was, yeah, so I started learning about myself. And when I came back without a plan, I loved Bali, but when I came back without a plan, I was cleaning off my bookshelves and this workbook fell out. I'm a perpetual student. I've got so many certifications and trainings and all of that. And so when one of the workbooks fell down, it was for Huna energy work. It was um, Huna's Hawaiian shamanism. It's, it's an ancient um, energy. I'm also a Reiki master like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, on the inside, it said, take NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Certification Training, 2009. Well, this was 2015. And I went, oh, my gosh, I forgot how much I love Tony Robbins and NLP. So I'm like, well, I have nothing else to do. So I researched and I jumped on a plane two weeks later and went to my first NLP training. And I had more energy at the end of the 12 hour training days than I had had in a decade. It felt like it felt like home, like Seattle felt like home, like Washington felt like home. Mm -hmm. And as I learned about the power of the brain and about how we Um, can be empowered by understanding that we create our reality, that we create the meaning that we assign to things. Um, The mind and body connection, it blew me away at how quickly people can change. Um, They can change their mind. They can change their perspective. Um, You know, I I help people um, with their, get out of their phobias in 20 minutes or food, um, allergy or any allergies or addictions or any of that based on the science, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I did what's called uh, mental emotional release therapy. And that is like timeline or gestalt therapy. And it was so powerful that at the end of the session, um, I had released a lifetime of anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, shame, limiting beliefs. And it was like, it was like, you know, when your car windshield is really dirty and then you turn on the wipers and then you can see clearly, that's what it felt like for the first time I could see clearly. And I said, this is what I have to do. I'm Mm -hmm. curious. I'm curious about the mental emotional release therapy. Yeah. Because I've actually heard of people uh, going through this process Mm -hmm. or a similar process and um, coming out on the other side and actually finding um, they're more clairvoyant or they're more clairaudient Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. clairsentient. Was this kind of what happened in your case as well? Mm -hmm. Um, I bet it was because I continued going on the journey and my spirituality, my intuition all the, I, whenever I pray to, to strengthen my Claire's, my Claire audience, my Claire Boyne, my Claire sentience, my Claire audience is called the Claire's. Um, you know, I think that was a big part of it because I had so, I was so up in my head and not in my body mm-hmm. that when I was able to let go of the trauma and all of the, you know, the, the layer of limiting beliefs that were ready to be released, it left me with an opening. And when I went to Bali, actually, I saw, I think it's called family constellation where mm-hmm. she actually did some work to connect my mind and my body again, because of the trauma, it was not safe for me to be in my body. So that really helped as well. Um, but MER or mental emotional release definitely um, opened me up because I also use energy work while I'm taking people through it. So mm-hmm. I'm using Huna energy, Reiki energy. Um, and so that, and I, I just ask um, my spirit team to strengthen, you know, that so I could be present and also be led and guided for their highest good. 
Um, so I think it definitely as a result of going through MER and I, and I haven't just done it once I've done it. I do it on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm a very firm believer in, in what I believe I do. Right. So I think coaches need coaches because if we don't believe in coaching, then we shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Um, you know, so I, I really believe in MER, um, and the, and the, and because I'm a seven, um, just kind of going back to that. And so are you, right? So we, we like to be happy. We don't like right. to sit in our stuff. And so the, the I had been in therapy most of my life. I mean, not most of, a, a good chunk of my life. And what I hated was when things would get stirred up and it'd be like, time's up. Good luck with that. See you next week. You know, oh my gosh, I hated that. And I vowed I am not going to do that to my clients. And mm-hmm. so, um, in doing this, it's like 10 years of cognitive behavioral therapy in an eight hour session. And so people get this, this, like, it's an intensive that frees people. And, and I don't know if this makes sense or not. It, <laughs> the way I explain it kind of like in my head is if anyone has ever wanted to just get to this point and mm-hmm. then I'll take care of everything. Like, let me just get to this weight and then I swear my eating habits will be great, but I'm just going to starve myself or I'm just going to cleanse or I'm going to just do this. And then when I get to that number, you know, I, I'll eat better and I'll exercise. And it's kind of like where MER gets you to a certain point so that then you can create the habits and strategies and um, beliefs that support mm-hmm. you going forward. It, it like it, it like I said, it condenses about 10 years um, of therapy into this breakthrough, yeah. what I call a breakthrough session. Yeah. So w- w- when that happens, is it like a huge, like, is there, a, is it like a really emotional um, event when you release all of this? Um, well, what's really inter- interesting. It can be, um, mm-hmm. but what I find is people are tired. So anger has a stimulating energy to it sadness has a depressant right and Mm -hmm. then uh, you've got fear and that's a stimulant and then guilt that's lower energy and hurt that's that because we you release all of the stored those stored emotions and so when that is released and replaced with higher vibrations typically the clients that come and see me um just feel like tired like wiped out Mm -hmm. like oh Oh God, it feels so good. And what happened to all those thoughts that are usually stirring around in my head? And what happened to that pain that's usually there? And so I just always encourage them after this to drink a lot of water and to not have anything that you need to do socially or in a meeting or anything like that. So you could take time to just enjoy this Mm -hmm. feeling kind of like at the end of a massage, you know, where you're just like, ah, relaxed because in this process, you're not reliving anything. It actually only, it takes a very short amount of time. Um, there's a lot of pre-framing and, and getting you ready because the very first step is you have to be ready to let it go um, and then create a new vision for what it is that you do want um, and then let it go. And, and that process, it goes by really fast. So I kind of pictured it being... Uh... A little bit like a, a friend was describing. I, it, maybe it, it's not. It's similar to a mental emotional release, but they they were actually having this huge, just um, release of energy and weeping. And mm-hmm. I kind of had this picture in my uh, head of people doing like 
primal yeah. screaming in a group nope. and people walking by that <laughs> oh, room yeah. and saying, Oh my God, what's happening? In there? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, but, I just, I just went, to, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, the, the person that I know went through this particular kind of therapy and ended up being uh, um, almost 100% uh, clairvoyant wow. in that their vision could, cool. The, his vision, you know, he can see normally like we see, but he can turn his eyes uh, um, uh, and see um, spiritually, see um, cool. in uh, symbolism and pictures, and he can actually see um, details of what's about to happen to the person. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was kind of like, it was, it, to him, it was kind of a huge almost clairvoyant kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Now, when you went through this and you had this release, mm -hmm. um, uh, um, did it actually give you kind of a, a desire or a plan um, to, uh, did you kind of feel in your, Oh, you know what? This is something I've got to give to other people. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, <laughs> when I went through it, I was like, I can't not do this for mm -hmm. people. And I was so passionate. Um, I was doing them back to back. And before I understood energetic hygiene, mm -hmm. um, I would feel so drained at the end of it. And right. now I'm more energized at the end of it than when I begin um, because of all the energy that is going through me. Um, and, and I love it, but yes, it was absolutely, I can't not do this. And my business like, grew immediately so then i had things to work right that was one big huge decades of stuff that was released mm -hmm. um and and i felt amazing afterwards um and then i had to deal with fear of success because i didn't want to burn out again right. whoa 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 close the doors i have way too many clients what about my freedom so i had to work <laughs> you know i had to work on that but it gave me the point where i'm not you know my story was wasn't you know hi i'm susan i work at microsoft or hi i was abused as a child or hi i'm a single mom or whatever that identity like all that crap went away and i started stepping into more fully who i am and this desire to help people the interesting thing that you said now like think about it with the clairvoyance and that um friend is we tend to you know have these abilities when we're younger and we shut them down you know, and um, either because we're afraid of it or our caregivers or the people around us think it's weird or we have fear or whatever. So when you release those limiting beliefs or the fear, whatever your unconscious mind knows you're ready to handle and release, that will happen. So, and what I like to share with clients is you've got all this untapped potential inside of you. And when you release these um, trapped emotions, these unprocessed emotions and these limiting beliefs, when you release them and you replace it with the wisdom that those events have given you, that's like all of that untapped potential being released in your body. Exactly. It's, it's amazing. So I, I, I love that story. And I do, I love when I'm working with clients, I'll get visions. Um, I was just working with uh, a client the other day and we were working on something um, totally unrelated. And she was getting down to the root of it. And I said, why do I keep seeing you at a piano? And it ended up, she was like, Oh my God, I was a, a um, competitive piano player when I was younger. And I just had so much resentment and I, I, you know, was super competitive and blah, blah. blah. And so it ended up healing that part of her, wow. um, this, you know, because we attract 
uh, people and circumstances to help us grow. And when we get triggered in the present moment, it's generally because we have something unresolved from our past. And that's the most empowering thing. I think one of the most empowering things that my clients get is to, to pause and instead of blaming you, 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 which we all still do to a certain extent, right? It's so much easier. I joke with my friends, like it'd be so much easier to be ignorant and just blame everything else. But they're like, all right, I'm really triggered by my husband or by this coworker. What's going on? And then, you know, it gets released and, and their past gets healed so that they stop attracting these things over and over and over again. So you also do use something called theta healing, which I, uh, I'm guessing has uh, some sort of uh, hypnosis roots in it as well. Yes, it does. So I, I went through Theta and uh, it strengthened my, my meditation and my trust and my connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't actually do it with clients um, oh. because, yeah, anymore I did. And I found that um, what really resonated with me is empowering people to learn how to do the work, mm-hmm. how to do their work and, and um, to to ask them questions and then to do NLP processes or Byron Katie or energy. Um, but actually I hold them in energy um, to help them feel safe and present and secure as they go through whatever process it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, so that, that's what resonates with me. Um, but Theta was definitely a, something that was important in my journey. And like I said, I love to learn and grow and um, am fascinated by that. So, um, but, that, but that's not my main modality with my clients anymore. Perfect. So have you, have you come into situations, Susan, where you're standing back saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe how well this worked. <laughs> all the time, all the time. I did a, a, a Facebook live where I was so excited because this client had two big breakthroughs in one session. And, um, and, and it was just, I never know what clients are going to bring up. And right you know, it's just being present and, and just trusting the tools, trusting my intuition, trusting my guidance and, and the questions and holding the vision of knowing that we all have what we need inside of us. We just need to be asked the right questions, right? right? That, and, and holding that vision that they are whole and complete and have the resources that they need. Uh, Maybe just not the resourcefulness, which is where I come in. Um, so when I hold that image and that belief um, and just trust in the process, I get to be surprised because there's been a number of times where I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so I just right. go, hold on a second. And I just close my eyes and I just clear my brain and I just wait. And I'm not afraid to do that. Right. I just wait and I ask for a question or I wait for an image or I wait for something because I Susan, I don't know the answers, you know, um, and then I'm guided and, and then they feel, you know, they get the release and the strategy that they need, um, by the end of the call. So yes, I'm delightfully surprised when things work out. And sometimes if it sounds like a silly idea, it may just be the right path. Uh, there's an older woman, who teaches a, I wish I could remember her name, but as you were talking, it reminded of her because she had was having trouble and she wanted to teach communication 
to uh, corporate people who were, you know, sort of out of touch that weren't really getting along and had come to some sort of conflict. And her idea to help them was to have them in a room. And what she made them do is, you know, those exercise balls, they're huge. They're mm-hmm. made out of rubber. Mm-hmm. She, she, All she did is she put them on one of those. And she said, please try to stay perfectly still. <laughs> and of course, um, when people are on those exercise balls, they, oh, could yeah. not, they could not stay perfectly still. They, w- they yeah. would eventually bump into one another mm. and they would start ramming each other with their rubber balls. <laughs> and eventually there would be laughter and talking that would ensue. Mm-hmm. And that was that would be how she would break the communication problem that the people were mm-hmm. having. But but in their head, mm-hmm. that might seem like such a strange mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, I it, look back sometimes and think, how did I know to do that? That is so, right. I've never done that before. How did I know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess I don't need to know how. It's just, just trust, just open up and just be guided and you know, and just be, be present with the person in front of me and hold space. And they, they know what to do, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. So I think uh, when I was uh, uh, doing research for the interview, you had an interesting quote from Tony Robbins. And uh, the quote was um, success without fulfillment is not mm-hmm. success at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 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 Absolutely. It's so true. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to tell you, t- tell me what that means now, now that you've kind of on the other side of this. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the first things that I do with people is I ask them to rate their fulfillment in 12 different areas of their life on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being just blissed out fulfilled. And um, a lot of, you know, a lot of us don't take the time to actually check in. Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Am I joyful? Can I be, you know, and um, we, we are measuring using the wrong yardstick. It's not how much money you have in the bank or what your title is or what you do during the day or what you have. It's who you be and, and knowing who you are and doing what's in alignment with your uniqueness because there's only one you and that's why we need people to be themselves and we've been conditioned to be something else most of us and then Mm -hmm. the rub is when we're not happy well great let's look at who you really are so um, success without fulfillment isn't success it's failure Um, so when I love helping people who've like I've gotten I have all the stuff and I've done all the things and now what? There's got to be more to life than this. And that's when we get to release, you know, the things that need to be released and we get them into um, alignment with their values, what's most important to them, um, what brings them joy, what, you know, get them into their body and, and explore, you know, with the Enneagram and human design, um, who they really are and get into alignment with that so that they can be successful. If, if you don't feel good, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, one of the main reasons of why I do what I do is because when you feel good, you do good. 
right? You're more likely to tip your barista. You're more likely to let someone cut you, you know, in front of you in traffic. You're less likely to yell at your kids when you get home or yell at your husband or, um, be be enraged or you know have severe mood swings or whatever it is and when you feel bad inside about yourself that you we our brain filters they it deletes distorts and generalizes all of the millions of pieces of information that's available to us per second and we filter that down to match our beliefs our expectations um, and our values. And so if we have this belief that, you know, we're miserable or they're miserable or this is miserable or this is the way it is or you suck or whatever that is, our brain doesn't want to make us a liar. And so it will filter out everything else and prove us right. And so we will, you know, just like if I said, Kevin, look around your room and find count everything that's brown, count brown, count brown, count brown, count brown. Got it? How many things are brown? That's quite a few. <laughs> quite a few? Yeah. So let's say you said 10. I'm like, okay, Kevin, cool. 10 brown things. But how many were pink? And you're like, I don't know. Why? Because you're, you gave your brain a goal, a focus, that you were looking for brown things. So it filtered out the pink. Now, if I said, look in your room for the things that are pink, you could probably find some. Mm-hmm. But that's the filtering process. And so, again, when you know who you are and and are open to what's possible and dream and know what you want and where you go after your reticular activating system and your brain knows what to look for so that you can start moving in the direction of um, fulfillment. Exactly. And I love what you said there. I'm going to remember that forever. When you feel good, you do good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when, so there's probably tons of people out there right now and uh, that are doing something <laughs> that they hate. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And yep. oh, what they need to do is they need to come to you, Susan. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and you can help them uh, get rid mm-hmm. of this because, uh, you know, in, um, there's this book uh, called uh, Destiny of Souls. Was it Destiny of Souls? But what they found out, you know, it's hypnosis in the in-between lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when people get trapped into unfulfilling situations, at, at, at some level, they start to create health issues for themselves. Mm-hmm. And just like what happened to you, it is mm-hmm. a sign from your higher self saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> please, please pay attention. Absolutely. Please uh, find Susan. <laughs> absolutely. I I love um, Dr. Sarno's book. He wrote The Back Pain, I think it's called. Um, mm-hmm. Louise Hay. Um, I, I also studied functional medicine and integrative health. And I absolutely believe, and I I, I think the CDC said something like 90% of all dis-ease in the body has an emotional root. Right. And so if you don't process those emotions, it's got to come out somehow to get your attention. And I'd say this without judgment, without blame, but if it's just there to get your attention and we can slow down long enough to explore and heal it, then we could just be um, that much more healthy. You know, we're integrated 
the beings. And it's not that we have a mind body connection. It's that the mind and body are connected. Exactly. And yeah. And it can make such a huge difference. And for some people, you know, for some people that are um, out there and busy and <laughs> maybe they might hear a, a snippet of this. Um, I think the best way, what would be the best way to sum it up for them about um, being powered by purpose? <clears throat> being powered by purpose means unapologetic, being, being you. <laughs> and purpose doesn't have to be a big, like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or Gandhi or Mother Teresa. Exactly. It could be your purpose right now. It can be what's bringing you joy. It could be in this present moment. It is my purpose today is to make someone smile. It is to be of service. It is to be so present with my granddaughter. So being powered by purpose is slowing down, knowing who you are and loving yourself and trusting yourself enough to do the work to create the life that fills you up and you know life is i've heard 50 percent hard but when you can trust yourself and learn resilience you come back to center because stuff happens that's where the growth is if if we didn't it would be boring i'd be so bored right but just knowing and trusting that you can trust yourself and come back to that you could be powered by your purpose instead of what so-and-so said you should do or what exactly. you should do to be a good mom, or what you should do to be a good daughter, or what you should do to be successful. It's all BS. Um, right. it, 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 look on the inside and explore um, and, and ask, you know, ask the questions. Well, yeah. Susan, I, I loved this visit with you. We're getting ready to wrap up the show here, but you know what? I want to say something about your website. You have a really great website. Um, and it's Thank just, you. yeah, it's susanpalmerwood.com. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you've got a lot of great information on your website. And if you want to find out more about Susan and get in touch with her, please do so. Go and visit her website because she has the tools to help you get to what's next to get out of the rut that you're in Mm -hmm. and start actually being powered by a purpose rather than Mm -hmm. the same old, same old stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The trance. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, For some, it it might be quite shocking. There's a lady who had a a friend of mine that had a terrible uh, job as well. And uh, found, she found her purpose was just to take people uh, through the woods on day trips. Mm on walks mm. yeah and um and now it lives a fulfilled life just living simply like that well so yeah so yeah. thank you so much susan i am so glad that, to have this opportunity to have uh, this talk with you and um please visit uh susan's website if you would like to get in touch with her and we are going to wrap things up on the new bridge radio show um if you are staying safe and doing all the things you should be uh doing to keep yourself healthy please keep continue to do those please feel free to reach out to others if you're in a bit of trouble especially if you're feeling lonely we are almost to the other side of all this and almost 
seeing ourselves uh, living normally eventually, maybe even by the end of the year. So don't don't lose hope. We're getting through it. Everything is going to be okay. As I said before at the beginning of the show, if you'd like to get in touch with the New Bridge Radio Show, you can always email us at uh, uh, the New Bridge Radio Show at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this uh, edition of the New Bridge Radio Show. I hope to see you next week on WLTK DB Let's Talk. Uh, stay tuned for Haunted Voices with Todd Bates. <laughs>